Hello there, gentle listener. This is Omen Said. And this is Nick McGill. Together, as you probably know, we are Feckless Momes. And we are here to talk, talk, tall to me, to you. <laughs> that's, that's right. We are recording this in the future of the tall, the talk tall to me progression. And we wanted to cast our voices backwards to where you are to tell you about something exciting that didn't exist when we were recording this episode, which you're about to enjoy. Yeah, so so we have a Patreon. And, and I know everybody has Patreons. Everybody has a monthly subscription. So I'm not going to sit here and beg and plead. But what we are going to do is... I'll beg and plead, Nick. Omen will beg and plead. But we're, we want to describe to you what you get with the Patreon to maybe entice you to join in the fun a little bit early uh, before, uh, rather than waiting to get to the episodes where we talk about our Patreon in the future, but that's our past, your future. That's right. At the $1 amount, you get a lovely feeling. It's it's warm. It's fuzzy. Uh, I would I would liken it to butterflies upon your chest. Yeah. And for the $5 amount, you get the real goods, sis. Oh, mercy. You get access. The big thing is you get access to our Discord. And that is where you can talk tall yourself to your heart's content along with all the other tall skulls who have subscribed. There are some lovely people literally from all over the world there who chat about Jethro Tull, their cats. Food. Tull news, Prague. Music. Not just Tull. Additional music. The episodes at hand, they tell us all the things we've done wrong. Uh-huh. You too can tell us what we've done wrong. Yeah. Well, you can do that for free. Yeah. In addition to that, it also grants you access to two additional podcasts. And if that's right. If you subscribe now, you do have access to the back catalog and we'll get the new ones as they come out. I mean, what what are those what are those podcasts? Uh well, one of them is Talk Tall with me. Where uh-huh. we talk tall about the correspondence that we have from our listeners. We got so much correspondence, we had to create a whole new podcast just dedicated to that. So we talk about things from the Discord, things that people have written us. And the other one, Nick, is... Outtake Tull to me. That is my personal favorite. That is just all of the cutting room floor garbage that we could not fit into an actual podcast, but I can't throw away because it's a biohazard. So I have to do something with it. (laughs) Zero nutritional value, now with flavor, and just a little treat for you to enjoy. Don't tell your dentist. New and, what's the opposite of improved? Worsened. New and worsened flavor, I would take tell to me. (laughs) So that's what you get. You also, there are other fun things we do. Uh, We occasionally do a a live listening party where we listen with other people on who are Patreon subscribers to a live tall recording. We sometimes have had votes on merch. So it's an ongoing community. It's a lot of fun. And we highly recommend that you join. We invite you. We humbly invite you to join us on the Patreon and enjoy. And enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, shake the sand out of your shoes, cut an aloe vera leaf for your burns, and contemplate the theoretical existence of dark matter. Because it's time to talk tall to me. (laughs) 
Welcome back, everyone, to Talk Tall to Me. I am Nick McGill. And I'm Omen Said. And we are here after a brief hiatus to dive back into the timeline of Jethro Tull. We hope that you're well-rested. We hope that we are well-rested. And we cannot wait to resume this incredible journey that we are all on together, examining song by song every studio album that Jethro Tull ever produced. So it's August, and the first weekend... No, that doesn't work. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, try keep going. Keep work. going. This is this is great. August, August named after Emperor Augustus. I was telling you earlier, Nick, that my first thought this morning was how selfish Emperor Augustus was to name an entire month after himself, thereby throwing off the entire Roman calendar for the rest of us. Because August became the eighth month. Yeah, booting. October. I was literally about to say October. Booting, booting September into well, and then Julius. That's um, the thing. I think that happened first, right? It was Julius and then Augustus, or Augustus then Julius. I don't feel any shame in saying that I do not know the order of all of the Roman emperors. Um, however, uh, yeah, because they added it, they they moved September the seventh month to the position of the ninth month, and October. The eighth month is now the tenth month. December, what should have been the tenth month, is now the who even knows month. And it's all just a bit cockeyed. All of that leading up to the fact that we have now launched a new podcast, Rage Modern Calendar Systems to me. Rage Roman Calendars. Ro- yeah. Why are you so good at this? <laughs> uh, no, the whole point of this this diatribe is to say that in a week, Ian Anderson... Is, is turning 72. The in-house slide whistle band. <laughs> yeah, happy birthday, Ian Anderson. 72 years. I mean, he's a septuagenarian. Whoa. There it is. Put that in your calendar. He's a Septemberarian. Um, actually, he's an, Ox- an Augustinian. Oh, wait. Does that make him a Leo? I don't know any of them. I don't know either. Um, but, and and just, we just wanted to say to the founder of the feast, happy birthday. Um, what an amazing accomplishment to be rocking for... 87 years. <laughs> well... I mean, he 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 was an instrumentalist in in school. I mean, he's been a musician his for like sixty years. What did he play in school? That's not like a quiz. That's a genuine. Question. No, he played the guitar. He played the guitar. Okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he does yeah. have some guitar chops. Oh, big time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't. I mean, they're they're not Martin Lancelot Barr. No one's is. <laughs> um, that's the reason my wife gave me when she left me. <laughs> So to all of you um, who feel inspired to wish Mr. Anderson a happy birthday, I'm sure he would greatly appreciate it if you went and bought some swag because the best birthday present in the world 
is money. And not only is this monumental because we have returned, but it is monumental for a, I think, far more important reason. What's that, Nick? We are starting album number three. One of both of our favorites, I believe. Benefit. Oh, my God. We've been talking about it for months and months and months, and it's finally here. We are, oh, we are getting into the the really toothsome tull now. Yeah. Oh, talk toothsome tull to me. (laughs) Tooth my tull. Um, if you, uh, if you have an aversion to hearing, um, two grown men cry, um, you might want to just skip this album. Yeah. So that would be, let's see how many tracks we got. That would be including bonus. That is 14. So let's see. That's into, this we'll is... see you at Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's a couple of months worth. Oh yeah, it's. I mean, that is. I think that's a a decent enough trigger warning there. But it's just gonna be just gushing tears. So Nick and other fluids. I, I mean, oh dear God, <laughs> Nick. Um, tell me, just tell me in a couple of words. I want you to tell me your feelings about this album, your hot take on this album, if you will, uh, and I'm gonna give you 15 seconds because I know that I know that you could literally talk about this album like nonstop for a month. Correct. So, so I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Yep. Go. It's dark. It's meaty. Yes. There is such yes. a nostalgia to this album for yes. for me personally. And then this is also the album that you and I bonded on. Preach. This is the album that I remember. Your 15 remember. seconds are up. I'm sorry. You're done. All right, give it to me. You go now. 15. Oh my god. This is a, this is a, a semi-aquatic. Um, lucid dream of darkness and depth in in a part of my soul that that surprises me every Done. time it oh my god it's hard it's hard 15 is is it's is hard not a lot of time i i just ge- i enjoy semi-aquatic being the <laughs> i don't know i was i panicked um yeah and now all the kids are going to be doing the 15 second tall challenge on the youtube oh yes please so Let's let's talk about some facts. How about that? Let's yeah. ground ourselves in some facts because otherwise we're just we're just gonna drift off into yeah. into reverie. Yeah, some some album specific facts. We're not even diving into the first track yet. Right. Okay. So benefit mm-hmm. third album by Jethro Tull. The same core four lineup mm-hmm. from the previous album. However, however. Backdoor, side door, new member introduction. They are testing. Nick? Are you asking me? I'm asking you who they're testing. They are testing John Evan. You're right, Nick. John Evan, the keyboardist, is featured on some of the tracks and creates a a bit of a... I was going to say a sea change, but I don't think that's actually what I want to say. He changes the dynamic of the band a little bit, musically, artistically, and and for the better, I, I would say. I think so. I think so, because who was on the limited amount of keys that we had in the last two albums? 
that was or did we have keys at all now that i think about it if if so they were very limited and and i don't remember who they were i think ian has been known to play the he's piano a, he's, he's tickled the ivory but i'm not sure it was anything he's also played the piano <sighs> he's a poacher you've heard it here first <laughs> no no i'm sorry he just goes up and tickles them yeah he's a He's a wildlife tickler. My, yes. oh, oh gosh. Actually, he literally, he literally is. Yeah, he really is. My, my, however, though, before, yeah, yeah. what I was uh, alluding to is that this is yes. our last album with Glenn Cornick. <sighs> last album with Glenn Cornick. Yeah. Get him while he's hot. Mm-hmm. And because this is such a darker, for lack of a better term, heavier, weightier album, yeah. He is going to be hot. He's we're going to have oh, some yeah. really tasty bass in in this album. Hose off the bassist someone call the fire department. <laughs> Glenn Cornick's caught fire again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so those are some facts. It was released in 1970. Mm-hmm. It was recorded between between 69 and 70. The band was touring extensively, and um, their tour schedule was pretty grueling, yeah. which possibly m- might have contributed to some of this this kind of below-the-surface content, yeah. shall we say? Yeah, and it was, uh, it was an early 1970 release. It was April. Right. They're always ahead of the curve, just yeah. at all. And, you know, my understanding is that it was a bit of a struggle with, with Chrysalis, actually. Oh, there really? Was some, there, was, there was some conflicts with how they wanted it to be released i believe and um it's interesting to note that the the british release and the american release are ac- release are actually different and i i just want to point that out i think i don't think i've ever said it on the podcast but i'm sure you've heard me say it like 200 times the tape What's that? the tape version that i had of this was a different track order than the cd album that i have of this right and it's because right. the tape album was the 1970 US release. The CD is the re-release, which has the UK order. Fascinating. And I didn't know that until literally just now. I thought I had missed memories, but I listened to it so much that wow. you you know you know how you can listen to an album so much that you you know the next song. You know what's coming yeah, up. Of course. Yeah. When I transferred from the t- I, I stopped listening to tapes when I went before I went to like when I went to college, I did not bring a tape deck. Right. And I didn't have the CD until probably my second or third year. So there yeah. was a couple of years where I wasn't listening to benefit. So right. there was this this kind of limbo of not of of not having it that exposure. So was I misremembering what was wrong with me, but it never, even to this day, I listening to the CD album, it, it does not jive completely. It is so ingrained in my DNA to have that U S release order. That's so funny. Yeah. So I think that you actually, uh, what did we do before we had CDs? Not burned me a cassette tape. Um, You copied, you copied me a cassette tape. I guess. Yeah of benefit and i believe that that's how i listened to it Mm -hmm. because i listened to that cassette so much that the the first 
couple of tracks actually got warbly. Yep. Like either there was an error in the transfer process or just the tape itself started started to wear out. Yeah, that's my and guess. And so and so when I first started listening to it on the CD, I was like, "Oh, this doesn't sound right" because I was used to I was used to that. I was used to the defect, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Cuz I played it so much in um in the 1990 Toyota Corolla that my mom gave me in its in its waning years to drive myself to and from the Renaissance Fair where Nick you and I spent many a many a happy hour. I don't remember the Corolla. I only remember the Subaru. No, there was no Subaru. I never drove a Subaru. Your your mother's mom, so. yeah, your mother's Subaru, yeah. The one that I um the one that I impaled. There wasn't one after that? I thought there was a replacement Subaru. Well, there was, but it, I didn't have anything to do with it. No, no, you, <laughs> no. Do you, you remember the T-Mobile? Oh. That tried to kill me on several occasions. I think so now, yeah. Yeah. Okay, we're sinking into the delicious, warm quicksand of, of memory, but this is the kind of effect that this album has, yeah, Nick. It really does. It really, I literally, really does. I know, okay, we're going to get, I'm going to save that for the song. Save it for the song, Omen. Okay. Um, are there any other facts that we want to discuss? Let's see. I think that's pretty good. Yeah, we can get into production later. We can get into the musical stylings yeah. later. We can, we'll definitely get into reception. Oh no, don't you want to do the mm-hmm, the review? Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, let's jump into the review and we'll we'll go for the other things later. So you've now heard a little bit about what Nick and I have to say about the album Benefit. Now let's hear what. Rolling Stone magazine had to say about the album Benefit in 1970. Oh snap. Nick, are you ready for this? I am. I I just want to I want to note Omen said I found the original Rolling Stones review. Do not read it. I want to read it to you live. So this is I've not read this and I'm I'm very excited to get that text. That preemptive great. text. Yeah, are you sitting are you sitting down? I I am. Should I stand okay, up and great. sit down again just to be sure? I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> I wouldn't not chance without it. A, not without a doctor's note. A spotter. All right. Written by Jack Shadouian. Shad Shadouian. And just to clarify, this is not the chucklehead from For a Thousand Mothers' uh, last album. <laughs> All right. Here it goes. Give it to me. The popularity of Jethro Tull continues to amaze me. <laughs> wow. What an opener. They draw good crowds. They get lengthy interviews and write-ups in the rock press. They turn people on. I've got to think that Ian Anderson must be an extremely nice, cooperative, charismatic, or some such kind of cat. <laughs> no, none of which are true. He's the opposite of all those things. Because I find his records pretty lame and dumb. <laughs> is this a high school student? No, this is a this is a staff writer on the Rolling Stone it's, magazine. It feels very like I think it's stupid. It's lame. Wait for it. But I guess in the seventies that was it was standard dialect. The new album, Benefit, is a sluggish bore. A kind of anthology of rock muzak performed dispiritedly and mechanically. Ooh. 
especially rhythm. Each track creaks stiffly, but given the barren derivative material Anderson has come up with, the wooden delivery is understandable. Wow. His idea of a song is to get some inexpressibly commonplace snippet of melody, repeat it, affix an inane riff or two, and let the boys pound it out with some occasional and usually ill-advised chirping on flute for texture. <laughs> ill-advised. Qu- for quote-unquote texture. M- Mr. Anderson, I don't advise you put you use the flute. <laughs> As your legal counsel, please. <laughs> to top it all, I find his singing, this time round, close to vile. Whoa! But it's the- I know, I know. But it's the cold, noisy, insensitive execution of the music, however vapid in and of itself, that provides the true and irredeemable Paul. So who needs it? Lots of people, it seems. (laughs) Has it come to pass that the rock audience is so jaded that a minute or two of flaccid, quote-unquote, jazz, and and some penurious gestures toward the quote-unquote exotic can effectively disguise blatant mediocrity question mark <laughs> thank you jack shadowian for your opinions that is scathing that is uh, yeah yeah i am i want to l- go back and just listen to the whole album and just cry in the shower that right. is rough. That's so rough. I um I don't remember when the last time I it was that I read such a bad review of anything. Yeah. And I just want to follow that up by saying that Benefit was the first Jethro Tull album to sell over 1 million copies. Hey. Take that to the bank. They... Or stuff that in your pipe and smoke it, Jack. I Okay, I just want to I want to play devil's advocate for the briefest of moments. Okay. And think about and we I think we had to do this with with Chuckles Mick Crapface uh from the first one. Think about <laughs> this crafty. Uh think about this was and stand up. I'm thinking of it. I'm thinking of them. Completely wipe your memory of every album post benefit my mind is a blank you've heard stand up you've heard this was and now benefit comes out right and it's really nothing like their two earlier albums and it is a very new and unique sound very very unique yeah and there's a whole bunch of ill-advised flute (laughs) So ill-advised. I mean, I can understand this complete knob of a human being having this kind of reaction to it. Yeah, I, I, I can because, as you say, it's so. It's not what other people were doing. It doesn't. It doesn't read. You know, I. It doesn't read like, like traditional rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Like you know, it doesn't sound like Led Zeppelin or the Beatles. It's a really, really different thing, and it's and it's very. It's a bit weird, you know, if 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 we're honest with ourselves. Yeah. Oh yeah, and that's why um, I like it so much. And I think that that's I think that that was part of the conflict that they were having with Chrysalis is that Chrysalis didn't necessarily know how to market them. Sure. 
And this is their first album on Chrysalis, right? This is their first album on Chrysalis. Yeah. yeah. So I think it was a it was a relationship that they were still figuring out. Yeah. Even though they had worked with Terry Ellis for the last two albums. Sure. Absolutely. But Chrysalis was also a new company at that right, point. Right. So this this guy is he's not completely 100% begrudgingly i say he's not completely 100% off the mark but he is wrong well <laughs> <laughs> i i disagree with him on on several points i don't think i i disagree fiercely that the delivery is wooden yeah but i but i do but i do think that I understand where he's getting that from. I do think that I do too. That that Ian's style on this album, singing wise, is uh, reflective, maybe, or introspective, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And I can see that that might come across to a person of, a, you know, a complete lack of any soul or imagination as wooden. He's also, if if the articles are to be believed, he's also. In a darker mood as a performer, as a songwriter, he's also probably gosh darn tired. They were touring the U.S. all through this experience. Yeah. And it it is a slower, everything has a slower pace in this album. It does. And that, that feeling is enhanced by the fact that we're starting to get a lot of longer songs, Mm -hmm. like longer play songs. Mm -hmm. And also, I think not only is it is everything slower, but everything melds better. M e l d s melds better. In <laughs> I don't know. If, what were you worried? What were you worried people were going to think you had just said? I'm not hearing the d s part. I'm just hearing m e l l s. <laughs> you would think people. Oh 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 yes. It, everything. Yes, Nick. It mel. It melds. Oh, it better. is melling. Yeah, you're right. And because of that, there's no. There's nothing I can I can see where you, where you're not seeing individual pieces. It's right, more yeah. everything is is every song is more collage like. That's true. And and a lot of a lot of other albums have these kind of like firework displays or or moments of of real silence or really, you know, strange rhythms that act as signposts mm-hmm. in in a way on the on the journey through the album and this is this is more like being in just some some rolling hills that kind of fade into the distance and yeah. you're you're just always going around that curve and seeing a new hill top but it's it all it all kind of it's, it's a bit um you lost it lost i lost it <laughs> and it's always dusk it is always dusk and like slightly foggy, mm-hmm. slightly hazy. The rolling fens. The falling wrens. That's it. The wrens who have foals. And and some of them do, believe me. We knew some of them. Some of those foals and some of those wrens. <laughs> um Nick? Yeah. Shall we? Whew, shall we shall we um should we jump in to the water? I'm itching. I'm I'm itching to get onto this. I I need put on put on your cream. I need my my ointments. <laughs> well, with you there to help me, then it probably will. 
estimate how many times i've heard this song oh hundreds and every time especially when i'm a looking at the lyrics and two have like really good stereo headphones on yeah my god that song well it's really interesting so the the recording style of this album is is different Mm -hmm. um and their playing style is different very much yeah Glenn Cornick actually said that this that they were that they were going for a more live sound with this album. Mm-hmm. And because they had been touring so much, they were able to be much more in tune with each other, much more kind of feeling it, if you will. Yeah. If you excuse the kind of street talk. <laughs> the the things the kids are saying. They were vibing. I would say they've succeeded in that. Oh, absolutely. I I feel I feel like this song is you know what it reminds me of? I was when I, we were just listening to it, I was like, what does this sound like? Like what is this the sound of? What what feeling does this remind me of? And I was like, "Oh, sleep deprivation." <laughs> mm, wow. Like you know that yeah. you know that thing where it's like you've like you've gotten maybe 6 hours of sleep Mm. At best, every night for like a week or two, and you just kind of get that like constant floaty feeling, like you're functioning, but you can't, you can't, like things just start to blur together a little bit. And I will give you the quote, the very last line of my notes: "Moments of lucidity in between the bouts of madness." Yeah, 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 yeah. That's exact. That's exactly it. Mm-hmm. And I, I almost feel like they were. I almost feel like Ian Anderson was, whether consciously or unconsciously, summing up his experiences a- after this crazy year of touring. Even, yeah. even like the hand clappings coming in. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think about that. The the kind of like hypnotic flute as this as this constant theme and then martin Barr like jumping in with this with those couple of moments that wake you up when he jumps in with the riff mm-hmm. yeah and the flute and the the flute kind of circles in between the two channels like you can feel it moving in between the right and the left side and it, it right it feels like you're in constant motion yeah it's manic right 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 yeah, so so let's 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 start at the beginning. A very with good that, place to start. Where with that I don't want to say iconic because I don't think most people would know it, but to us it's pretty iconic. Sure. That flute. Yeah. That breathy, the vocalization in there, that that he can't quite catch his breath almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, on it, there. It's 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 really different. I mean there's it, even in future albums, I don't think that he ever finds again or goes back to that particular sound. It's really right. 
it's really a moment in time that we're hearing with the flute. Yeah. Well, what's after this? Aqualung? Uh, yes. Aqualung's grungy and dirty, but it's this is like, that's like calculated grungy and dirty. This is raw. Well, and it's also, it's also not, I wouldn't call it grunge. I wouldn't call it grungy. It's more, it's more like, it's almost more, more um, psychedelic in a way or, um, mm. or hip, hypnotic or uh, it's, it's got a, it's got a feeling of almost um, philosophical or spiritual dimensions to it. You're talking about the flute in this one or Aqualung? In this one, in this one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's like I, transcendental. I was gonna say there's a there's a Zen quality. It's or shamanistic almost. You could get you could get the same effect from like a singing bowl or something. Sure. Yeah. And it's it starts it starts out mildly manic and picks up very quickly. Yeah, and there's but like, it but it but it just punches through at this this solid chugging pace the yeah. whole way through. And that's like, and that's him. I mean, that's Ian Anderson. That's mm-hmm. literally his yeah. his mind, like old reliable, basically. Yeah, and 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 think, you know, like in the in the face of like things like that Rolling Stone review, and knowing that like this was mm-hmm. so out of the so outside the box and so different than what anyone else was doing, and just having the the sheer tenacity to be like. No, this is the sound. This right here is the sound that we are going to record on an album. And then it sold a million copies. To to have the stones to do it in the first place, to so successfully capture that feeling and that sound. It's it's just it's just a case of people not. Well, I get people did. I was going to say people not recognizing the genius in the moment, but. Over a million copies tells me they did. Exactly. It's just that exactly. just that this guy did not. And you know, I think that they're really benefiting at this point from from having having had the same lineup from the previous album to this album because you can really oh, yeah. you can really hear how just how in sync they are and how not to mention the the insane number of hours they put into the tour. Oh, exactly, exactly. Like yeah. they they. They could do all this with their eyes closed, half asleep, and then probably were yeah. doing it. <laughs> right, yeah. I'm sure at the tail end, yeah. Take a quick nap during the flute solo. It's it's a wonder that they even wrote anything at all. Well, I was wondering about that, yeah, because and and the way that these songs are written, like especially this one, it has this it has this kind of like it's almost like this song could continue into infinity. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wonder if Ian Anderson wrote a lot while traveling. I mean, I mean, like while actively traveling, while on the plane, while on the bus. Sure. Alone I mean, that's, in his ho- that's hotel when room. they could. Right. Yeah. Contemplating his existence. Right. It's pretty. It's pretty trippy. It is. You want to talk about some of the individual lines? I, just, I I still want to just look at overall for just a second, just yeah. musically, sound wise. Yeah. The the dichotomy of the the verses yeah. and the kind of interstitial bridge bridge parts and the chorus itself. Yeah. Sound wise, that chorus is 
it's so triumphant. I was there's just such an say, excitement yeah. and a hope. Yeah, yeah. And I listened. I didn't hear it the first time on the chorus, but the second time around, Glenn Cornick's bass. I noted it. It's going up. It's it's going up a set of stairs. It's boom, 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 boom. Interesting. And even though it's behind this crazy blanket of sound, even if you're not paying attention, you can feel it. And I think that's where that, that, that uplift comes from. I think, I think that is the backbone of that. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's next, next, when you listen to it again, as soon as we finish recording this to, and you put it on repeat to put yourself to sleep, listen for that bass. Cause it's, it's really cool. It's really, really wow. cool. Yeah. Straight so, and, the, and then, and then to close out yeah. the song, they sing the chorus twice and then they break it down a third time in a lot slower and in like a final triumph but then it goes right back into that crazy manic right the, vo- the, the vocalization goes all over the place again the train's still on the road i mean right, yeah train's still on the tracks i don't know i don't know how trains <laughs> there's work a, there's a train on the road <laughs> i just i really i really like that chorus yeah it, it in does all have in all aspects and almost defiance yeah. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And and that is that is that moment of lucidity that I was talking about right. in between the bouts of madness. Right. Is, it's like he snaps back and he's like, we got this. With your help, we can do this. Right. And then he goes back into that kind of almost defensive. Right. Or it makes me think of. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of survival mode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give 60 days for just one night. Don't think yeah. I'd make it, but then I might. I'm assuming that's just one night of sleep. That's what I. That's what I read okay. it as. Yeah, that's what I okay. read it as. Like, yeah. And you know, I have you ever felt that way? Yes. <laughs> yeah. When I had a newborn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I won't go down acting the same old play. Give sixty days for just one night. Right. Don't think I'd make it, but then I might. Same old play. Just feels very we just toured for four months straight. Well, I also feel like it, that that's like, that's like saying I'm not going to go and record some, the, the sound that everyone else is recording. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not going to, I'm not going to fit in. And the sound, the sound that we did, the sound that we had for the last right. two albums. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think that this is, so Ian Anderson had said something about this album that, that um that made it sound like he's not overly fond of it in a way. Hmm. But he did say that. Oh, he said it's it's rather dark, a rather dark and stark album. Although it has mm. a few songs on it that are rather okay. I don't think it has the breadth, variety, or detail that Stand Up has. But it was an evolution in terms of the band playing as a band. I think mm-hmm. that it being an evolutionary album is really. Like the sound that that we're hearing when we listen to this song is really, you know, they're they've laid their egg on the leaf with this was 
They've hatched out of their egg and eaten a bunch of leaf parts with stand-up. And now they are making a chrysalis, if you will. There it is. And they are beginning to pupate. Yeah, and I would say I would say Aqualung is their butterfly. I think that's actually a very apt metaphor. You're welcome. Insect metaphors always work. <laughs> yes. Yes, they do. <laughs> um, I guess I don't recall really ever hearing much from Benefit in any of the concerts that I ever went to. And that must be the explanation is he was never terribly fond of it. Well, let me throw this at you. Give it to me. Let's say that you were Ian Anderson. Go on. Why are you so mean to everyone? Okay. No. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you went through this touring period, and it was like maybe kind of a rough, a rough time for you mm-hmm. emotionally. And you pour all that out into an album, therapeutic wise, and then you it, you know, it's like it's like quite dark. It's full of it's full of full of feelings, full of full of darkness, full of the deep introspection of the soul on a on a damp Sunday afternoon. And then you become a you know, then you become a fabulous undeniable success landscape changing success you know would you want to go back to that time ever i suppose not if that was if that was the launching point and yeah it was yes it was successful but it was also it also stemmed from pain. Right, exactly. Then why bother going back to it, essentially? You know, right. if for no other reason, why bother? Right. That's pretty valid. That's pretty valid. And and regardless of the emotions that I have tied to this album, he obviously has different emotions. Yeah. And he is still human so how can we expect him to forego his emotions the emotions that were put into this album and we can surmise they're they're pretty dark and they were pretty rough i mean so why should we expect him you just listen to that breath when he's playing the flute yeah he's he's processing he's processing yeah it's but in a sense i imagine it was very cathartic and very therapeutic oh i'm sure but that's how he could process it at the time. Right. Right. And no no need to go back. Yeah. I think that's yeah. that's very valid. Whew. Yeah. Who is the Who is the you? Ah, you read my mind, Nick. Um, well, on a on a personal level, I I have to I have to I have to tell you this that that when I listen to this song, you know, this this is a song that that means a lot to me personally and uh and was very connected to the time that I that we were listening to this album and, and you know driving around in upstate New York as as teenagers and and this and the whole concept of I'm going back to the ones that I know with whom I can be what I want to be, that always felt like going back to this this summer community of of performers that we worked with yeah 
look at the first two lines or first four lines rather. That that is one hundred percent applicable oh, I know. too. Oh my gosh, I know. It's like it's like it's obscenely just nails the experience of of listening to this album, which you know, which again, that's this is our personal experience. But frankly, I I always I always thought of you, Nick, on that line. I accept. <laughs> and and likewise, this this album, this is this is this is our song. This is this is our album for sure. That well, one for of sure. them. Uh, well, yeah, right. There will be a lot of emotions during Heavy Horses as well. Oh goodness me! Oh my god. <laughs> but this one, this one, yeah, this one. Windows rolled down, driving th- back from Oswego. It's dark out. Oh my god! We yeah. are just we're just singing this song. Yeah. Well, and like, and all the the goldenrods sent pouring in mm-hmm. and the, all the the flower i mean upstate new york is like such a a freaking feckin' fen yeah of fruit and fent <laughs> and the lightning bugs in those fields oh my gosh yeah and the mist yeah. rolling in i mean it's like like literally that what that that is such a perfect it's too it's like almost too perfect a a setting for that song mm-hmm. that we may have yeah. broke we may have broken reality well i mean there was a there was there was a lot of reality warping at sterling in those early years anyway that's true so in regards to for ian anderson who the you is of and with you there to help me then it probably will honestly i don't know i mean i can posit some theories you know you could say that that's about his his first wife with whom i think he was really Mm. in love jenny at, at that point jenny yeah it could be about the band uh huh. you know it makes me think of a line much, much, much later on in jtalk.com where he, he very clearly, he's very explicitly talking about the members of his band. Uh huh. It could be the audience. It could be himself. Hmm. See, I see, I'm going back to the ones that I know with whom I can be what I want to be. That feels like the band to me. Okay. And with you there to help me, then it probably will, is the audience. Hmm. Interesting. The belief coming from his fans. Yeah. Yeah, because I can be with these these guys and play the music all I want, but if if we didn't have you, we're we're just playing to an empty stadium. We're just creating records for no reason. To quote Jack Shadowian from Rolling Stone magazine... So who needs Jethro Tull? Lots of people, it seems. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know what? There was probably, as as anyone who listens to an album that they really connect to, or even just a single song, I'm sure there was a lot of catharsis for people listening to this song themselves. Absolutely. Think of all the weirdos who who didn't, you know, ever hear some feeling that they'd had expressed until they heard this album and even this exact song. Yeah. Yeah, people who who could not put to words their emotions for right. any number of reasons. Right, because, you know, I mean, it's also so fascinating to think about, you know, I feel like I feel like we as a generation are more so much more in touch with our feelings and how we process mm-hmm. things than the previous generation 
And I'm sure that Ian Anderson was way more in touch with his feelings than his parents, but... But even being in touch with your feelings does not make it easy to vocalize them. Not without a flute. Not without a flute and a lot of breath. That's so much breath. Yeah. I wonder, like... It it adds to the song, though. Oh, man, I couldn't even imagine it without the breath. It It is... equal parts of this song well and there's so many moments where you're like you can't even you can't even separate like his vocalizations that he's making behind the flute from the flute tones Mm -hmm. and he's 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 got so many harmonics going on with the flute because he's playing it essentially wrong um from like (laughs) standard flute playing technique that you know he's he's really maxing out the sonic abilities of that instrument and blending it with his own with his own voice and like I, I I honestly am curious from a medical standpoint how he didn't pass out playing this. Right, yeah. And because it's so because it's so raw and there's so much power behind it, I think I I, f- I feel um I feel the 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 proxy. I, I lose my breath by proxy. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I think I that's that. one of the reasons why I end up breathless at the end of this song because right. I think I stop breathing. I think I just take shallow breaths because of it. Huh. Interesting. You you have yeah. like a um, a mirror neuron response. Your yeah. breathing mimics the the breathing of the of the the, the one who's channeling the energy. Yeah. Whew. Nick. Yeah. I um. I, I am so excited about the rest of this album. I know. This is the first song. I know. I know. I, I, I wonder I wonder if we should I wonder if we should leave it there for, for tonight. I I think we have to. Because right. we're almost at an hour, which I know. is I know. really unheard of. So, Nick. Yeah, Omen. What are we listening to next week? So, next week, I can't I, the, I can't say anything beyond just the name of the song. Next week is nothing to say. And yet we will say a lot about it. So, with you there to help me get reviews and ratings for this podcast, we appreciate it if you could... Go on and any any place, any place, just tell us how much you enjoy the podcast. Honestly, even if it's not on a podcast thing, just reach out to us. Moms yeah, effectless moms. Like to hear from you. That would be really great. It would, be, would be a benefit. Genuinely to us. delightful. It would be a benefit. So if we have voices for the next next week after we're done weeping, we will uh we will talk told to you about the second track off of Benefit, Nothing to Say. Until then, I'm Omen Said. I am Nick McGill. We are Feckless Moms. And this is Talk Tall to Me. Talk Tall to Me is a proud member of the Feckless Momes Audio Network.